Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. Your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. What's up, Brendan? How are you today? I'm doing great, Stefan. Season 2, Episode 7, we had a couple of good days. Well, I had a couple of good days with hockey. Going to a Rangers and Islanders game with you guys last night. But I know that that Islanders game didn't sit well with you. Yeah, so let's just get right into it. Skip the league news. We got a lot of Islanders stuff to talk about. So Island Island Time, it's brought to you by Eat Sunglasses. Buy sunglasses. That way when you go to the Islanders game, you can put them on so you don't have to see what you're watching on the ice because it's absolutely pitiful. Um, link, link in bio. Anyway... We're at the game last night, right? We're watching this game unfold. I have never seen a more inept team in regards to breaking out of the... In all three zones. Defensive zone, neutral zone is really where they're screwing themselves because they can't catch passes and make plays. And when you can't transition, you can't do anything on offense. But, you know, you're a shooter, Brendan. I'm a goalie. A minute eight into this hockey game, Matt Barzal comes down the right side and absolutely snipes Aiden Hill high blocker side. I'm pretty sure one off the post today. Beautiful, beautiful shot. Before we could even get to our seats. Before we could even get to our seats. Because, all right, let's, let's start with that. That's how <laughs> yeah, you cannot go past the parking situation no, there. No, I don't even care about the parking. That's not even what I was going to talk about. So the Islanders score. We're watching from the top of the staircase. The woman's got her sign out saying you can't walk. The celebrations are going on. I go to walk. Stop. I said, I, I, I can't go down? No. Why not? No answer. The pucks, the rule is the puck is in play. You can't walk. Fine. I completely understand that. I don't want to get hit. I don't want to have to sue them. I get that. If I get poked in the eye because people are doing the yes, yes, yes chant, that's on me. Why well, can't I, I walk to the I think the rule is there so that you don't block people's view. The goal was in. The goal was in no, the back no, of the net. I'm saying the puck in play is not because of your safety. It's so the other people can see without people walking. Oh, pish, okay, fine, fine. I'm all, I'm all for that. That's a great rule. Fantastic. If it saves lives, it saves lives, and people complain, people complain. How am I not allowed to walk to my seat when they're doing the yes, yes, yes chant? What does it look bad on television? I just think she was a little confused. Anyway, uh, back to the stuff on the ice. You're a forward, I'm a goalie. The first shot of the game, or I don't know, we couldn't even get to our seat in time, but the first goal goes blocker side. Were you shooting the rest of the game, or at least trying the rest of the game? I mean, you're trying to go back to the same side that worked right off the bat. You would think. How do you go the? In- I don't. I'm. Not, I'm trying to remember. My memory is absolutely terrible, but I'm trying to remember watching the game because every time they came down, they shot glove side, and every time Aiden Hill caught the glove, uh, caught the puck with his glove, excuse me, and no rebounds. I looked back at the stats. You know how many rebounds the Islanders created last night? It could not have been much. I think it was, it was like five. two. 
You know how many rush shots they had last night? Like on the rush? Nine. The Islanders? Yeah. I feel zero. like the majority of this. Zero. Well, that's, they had that's zero. wrong. No. On the rush? No. There was no rush shots. When they came around the zone and they circled, they, they didn't count any of those as rush shots. No, zero. The circle, yeah. But I'm talking about like, wasn't Barzal's goal off a rush? I guess they didn't count it as a one-on-four. Maybe they're talking about odd man rushes with that stat or rushes in general. But statistically, at even at all strengths, not even even strength, all strengths, the Islanders had zero rush shots, and they allowed eight to San Jose. But I mean, let's get to, let's go to the goals. First off, the first goal of the game for the Sharks. You have three Islander players hovering the area before the pass goes to Benino and in. Let's break it down. Scott Mayfield's blocking the pass across, goes through his legs. That can't happen, but that's fine. The pass goes through. You're telling me three of the Islanders' forwards, or whoever's back, Dobson and two other players, were unable to pick up that that pass was coming? The whole time that pass was coming. How does no one get inside position on Benino, who just taps it in? That was goal number one. In overtime, so we're watching the Islanders come down towards us, and Bavillier shoots that shot off of Hill's blocker into the corner. What is overtime all about, Brendan? Puck possession. Puck possession. How on earth are you just going to throw a puck on net? What was the point? Pull back, go out of the zone, and reset. There is zero point. Then Pajot goes for the puck in the corner, gets knocked off the puck, but Bavillier pinches? Well, why is Bavillier pinching? It's overtime. Usually you play mad in overtime, am I correct? You stay with well, your man. He started off good. Like, he was buzzing, and I yeah, thought he had yeah. a lane right to the net, and then he wound up pulling back and doing Which is some fu- soft but I'm all shot. Fine. I'm all fine for pulling back. Why are you giving the puck to their team? Pajot got to the puck first, but never really had a chance to do anything, and he got knocked off like he has no ounce of muscle on his body. And then coming back down there, we used to get yelled at this all the time in hockey. I remember in varsity. Anytime someone missed a shot, they'd put their head up to the ceiling, and my coach would always say, God can't help you. But Ville puts his head up real quick and then backskates. But that 0.2.3 seconds of SHIT, I just made a mistake, cost him. And first off, he got back in time. He really did. He just didn't go to the front and take Carlson. Pellick's lollygagging as he's sliding by. I had someone on Twitter tell me gravity. They used some scientific thing about why Pellick couldn't stop. And I literally responded with, I don't know, skid stop? Not saying it's Pellick's stop- problem for the goal there. He had to stop an odd man rush, and it, it, paid, it didn't pay off. But the fact that he slid past the goal because of momentum by the post, Pelk's a great defenseman, one of the best in the NHL. He makes that play every day by skid-stopping and getting his stick in the way. But that plays all in Bavillier because it just bad shot, bad pinch, bad back check. Islanders lose a game that they should have won in regulation. So many backdoor plays to just tap the puck in. It's just it, it's crazy what we're seeing from this team because but last thing I'll say, it's everyone's saying lack of talent. The Islanders don't have the offensive talent. I'm sorry. Does a 20 goal scorer, a consistent 20 goal scorer in Kyle Pomeroy just forget how to score? Does Bavillier just forget how to use his skates? Does Anderson? No one just forgets. I'm not saying 20 goals every year. If you put up 12, 13, 14 this year, okay. One goal the whole season, everyone on the offense has just magically lost their ability to score? No. It's not a skill issue. It's a lack of commitment. Trot's after the post game, every game says the Islanders didn't do the little things. They don't do that. It's not because they don't have the ability to make a three foot pass. It's because they're losing their focus and not paying attention and not putting themselves in a good spot. That's lack of commitment to the game plan. And the Islanders, the whole year, 
have shown a lack of commitment. I'm sorry, I can't get behind the fact that because they lost Jordan Eberle and they brought in Parise and they signed Palmieri long-term, that the talent, even Wallstrom, who's been MIA for a little bit, the talent just disappeared. That happens when you're like Char, when you go from 42 years old to 43. That's when the, the drop-off in play can happen. When You're talking about a 24-year-old in Anthony Bavilla just forgot... You, you just don't forget at the NHL level. You got to the NHL level for a reason, and you've shown in the past. This is We're talking about the last two years. The offense wasn't elite, but in the postseason, their offense actually was better. You tell me they just forgot? No, I, I just can't get behind that. I think that Lou's loyalty to his old guys is really coming back to bite him in the behind. Lou and Barry Trotz. Because why is Wallstrom? You're, you're, you're probably, with Nelson out, the best shot on your team, and he might have the best shot with Nelson in the lineup. Playing under 10 minutes a game? You have... Josh Bailey still in that time. I mean, what, what do you think it's going to take? At this point, just try. Wallstrom next to Barzal. I just, first off, Bailey's a facilitator. Barzal's a facilitator. Lee's a goal scorer, but he, he makes his money down low, getting in front of the goalie rebounds, that kind of stuff. How are you not putting a scorer next to him? Like, I get it when the Islanders were, were running all four lines. You know, Wallstrom's a young guy, build him up, starting on the third line. Completely get that that's fine. But you're in a year where the Islanders' offense is dead last in the NHL with 33 goals. Dead last. They're, I think they're second to last with like 1.7-something goals per game. How are you not just loading the top line? Load the top line. Forget about the four lines because four lines aren't rolling anymore. There's not one line that's rolling. Barzal is doing, having to do too much. He scored a beauty yesterday because he shot. We talked about it, Brendan, in our seats. Mm-hmm. You were like, this guy Barzal has to shoot the puck. I said, yeah, I know. Trotz has been telling him to shoot the puck for years now, for a couple of years. But I just don't understand. I, there's no answer for why they're not scoring other than the lack of commitment. And I'm, I will die on that hill, to be quite honest. It's, it, it was a little bit alarming to me because... Obviously, I, I watch Islanders games, but not as closely as uh, yeah. I pay attention to the Rangers. But being in person, the first five to seven minutes, they completely dictated the pace of play. And early. Then, yeah, early. And then that injury happened uh, to the San Jose Sharks. I believe it was a defenseman um, or forward that wound up. He blocked the shot, it looked like, went down. And that took a lot of momentum out of the game for the next couple of minutes. But then right after that, the Sharks started to pick it up, and the Islanders never found their game. They had the sporadic, you know, backdoor chance, which you mentioned. They had a couple of opportunities to tap it in and take that lead, but they couldn't capitalize. But they never had sustained offensive zone time after that first five to seven minutes. And we're talking about a Sharks team that has relied heavily upon James Reimer and hasn't really been, you know, known as a stout defensive team. And they just could not maintain any type of offensive zone pressure, regardless of who was on the ice, whether it was the people that had been called up to replace the members that were still on COVID protocol or the tenured people who you are relying upon to score goals. And it just, it was a little alarming to me. But see, everyone's, and I agree with this for the most part, the Islanders' lack of offense has been solely due to their inability in their defensive zone to get the puck up. But I don't know how many times in transition, a guy like Ajo fumbled the puck and couldn't make a great pass. Or a guy like Mayfield fumbled the puck, couldn't make a great pass. And then the pass comes off their stick and goes to a forward like Josh Bailey. Whether he's going for a deflection to get the puck deep, to make a line change, to just get the puck deep. Whiffing. You know, how many whiffs? How many, you know, they're not catching passes and making plays. It is impossible to win at the NHL level when you can't transition. The Islanders have been a good team over the last years and a team that's won games in the postseason and rounds and got ever so close to a Stanley Cup final because they were able to play unreal defense and use their defense and their playmaking ability to transition 
up the rink through the neutral zone into the offensive zone where there'd be odd man rushes, get their chances, and score. So yeah, the offense isn't doing their job. They're playing the neutral zone's been terrible. But the play in their own zone to get the puck up has been MIA. And you're just not going to... First off, the Honors don't get enough chances in games. And unlike last year, where they made the most of those chances, this year, they've had the limited amount of chances, and no one's coming through. And it it gets to a point where, what do you do? I think, you know, and someone just messaged me on Twitter about this, but I think Trotz is out of answers. For the first time in his Islanders tenure, he has no idea what to do. And I don't blame him. You know, you could blame the coach all you want. I personally, you know, a lot of people blame Trotz for, you know, burying the youngsters or using the veterans. But right now, Trotz taking Josh Bailey out of the lineup and putting who in? Who are you putting in? Because you had the call-ups come up. They weren't the reason the Islanders lost the games, but they didn't help the Islanders. One scored. Andreev scored on a a loose puck in front. One guy scored. Who are you putting into these situations? Who does Trotz have in his arsenal hidden that can go in there and make a difference? No one. You know, look at the general manager, Lou Lamarillo. Well, Lamarillo re-signed a guy that scored 20-plus goals pretty much every year of his career before last year in Kyle Palmieri. The fact that he has one goal through 18 games, who's that on? It's on the player. It's not on the coach or the gym. It's on the player. You sign Zach Parise, who I'm not saying he should have been scoring 20-plus goals, but based on the work ethic he has showed and his ability to get how many games has it been so close or he's just the most unluckiest player on this Islander team who's that on to ferry those chances not Lou not Barry it's on Parise Bovillier toe dragging and whiffing a puck to not score a couple games ago who's that on not um Trotz not Lamarill that's on Bovillier you have to hold these players accountable and Trotz never really calls out his veterans usually calls out the youngsters he's trying to make a point and he's done well with developing players and getting them to be what they have to be but there's no answer there's nothing Trotz can do besides let his team play out of it because he has no one else to put in and you want to say okay well the Islanders should have brought in a sniper this offseason which would have helped the offense a little bit one player in the NHL does not make or break your team let's look at Adam Fox perfect range example unreal player best defenseman in the NHL in my books because when he goes to do offensive things his defensive game doesn't take a fall but where'd the Rangers finish last season? Not in a playoff spot. That's a tough comparison. Why? Because you're talking about a Rangers team that was the youngest team in the NHL. You're talking about an Islanders team that's veteran. I'm saying you take one player, though, and bring one player in our Fox. Have one player just absolutely perform and play out of their mind. But I could argue that there was one player that would have made that much of a difference. You got to remember Panarin, that Panarin missed over two and a half weeks. Okay, fine. Of the you know thing. what? Fine. Bad example. Put Ovechkin on the Islanders right now. They're not losing like this. They're not losing like this, but they're not. Doesn't no one else is gonna? St- it's not just because one player. You can't get one player to carry you to a postseason. The thing well, that, about that, the that, Islanders. Hold on one second. That year that Taylor Hall went off with the Devils, right? Yep, he single handedly took him to a postseason. Yeah, they didn't win though. No, but they got because there. you can't win with one player. Yeah, but Barzal. If you want to look at Barzal, and I think the the not the issue, but Barzal is a star in this league. But he's a playmaking star. He's one of those stars that needs another star. Connor McDavid could do it on his own. You watch McDavid play? Yes, he has an unreal passing ability. We saw in those games. He has dry settle. Great. But McDavid has the ability to shoot, score, and do whatever he has to do to get points for his team. Barzal needs another guy. And on a team that's full of guys that have scored in the past, no one is helping Barzal to score. Therefore, quite frankly, unless he does it himself, which he doesn't do often because, again, he's someone who is a playmaker, 
the Islanders won't score, and that means they won't win because Sorokin's been great in goal. You have to like bow down to him because he's given the Islanders every chance to get a point. They got a point last night because of him. But you're looking at this team, and it's just like bringing one sniper in might help the offense a little bit, and maybe a one or goal two makes a difference in a game like last night. But for the games they've lost this season, one guy wasn't changing it. You need your depth players to step up. This Islander team is a team that's been built on depth. Built on movement of running four lines to win games because their offense isn't this spectacular thing. But no one, no one's done anything. It's just so tough to watch because, like I said, this team did not just get bad. Yes, they added some players that haven't stepped up. But guys like Bavillier, guys like Nelson, I know he's hurt, but he was leading the Islanders in scoring. Pajot's been MI. I think Pajot's still hurt. There are guys that should have more than four or five goals this season. That's just a fact. And they've ha- it's not even like they haven't had the chances. They haven't gotten stoned by the goalies. We watched it last night. How many passes backdoor did they just miss? Yep. So, I, I, I get it. Bringing in a guy, he might bury those. But you still need the guys on the second, third, and fourth line to bury those plays to win games. That's how you do it at the NHL level. So there was a thing that was going around, right, where people were talking about the Strom versus Barzal, right? And yeah. Strom obviously plays with a superstar in Artemi Panarin. But Strom has also been very good for the New York Rangers. Yes. I still would take Barzal over Strom. 100%. But I can't call – Barzal's not a star. No, he, I, he's well, not. That's a re- well, there's a reason I didn't call him a superstar. Let's just it, be clear. I, he's a star in this – you you watched him. He has the he, star he's talent. He's a very skilled player that you don't cannot think a, finish. And okay. Has, he doesn't – stars tally points. Matt Barzal currently, currently is 235th in the National Hockey League in points with nine. Yeah. He has the same amount of points as Jacob Truba. That's not a star. Well, I count him as a star. I don't count him as a superstar because a superstar could do what... Like, Conor McDavid is a superstar. Nathan Correct. McKinnon, superstar. Sidney Crosby, superstar. Alex Ovechkin, Those superstar. Are why, though? But why are they superstars? They because they could They can finish and they could do... But they could do everything. Barzal is a... Barzal is a star. He reminds me of a lesser Mitch Marner. Because Mitch Marner's Mitch, not a star, but but he has. Mitch Marner's a very good hockey player. You don't. But how can you say he's not a star? Of because course, he's, he's a not. star. He's not a superstar. You see the well, plays that the Marner made. A Superstars star can carry a, a team. Player. Superstars are the best person on the ice every time they step foot. You're not calling him a superstar. You're calling him a star. Which yeah, means he's just a very good hockey. player. Yeah, but Marner, when he's on the ice, who's the superstar on that team? Matthews. Exactly. Where's Where's the Matthews for Barzal? So he's never had him. But they, they don't have that. They're building a team right now around Matt Barzal. And yes. he's, you can't do that. He's not going to carry a team. He's a very good hockey player. He needs someone just, else. He needs a lot more than somebody else. I don't know about a lot. He needs someone who can bury put, chances. Say you put Philip Forsberg on his line, right? You yeah. have a very good line. They, they score. They have fun. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You look at the New York Rangers, right? You have Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. That's their Matt Barzal well, do you, line. Sorry. Say. Do you count Panarin as a superstar or a star? Panarin is closer to a superstar than a star. Panarin's one of the top ten forwards in the National Hockey League. But he's a superstar. Why? He's a superstar because he literally does everything. But what I'm saying, you're I'm point saying is Barzal you're not doesn't calling. do everything. That's Correct. why I'm not calling Barzal a star, a superstar. I'm calling him but a star. I, then you compare him to Mitch Marner, and you said there's a star. But I'm saying, what's the difference between superstar and star? A because star a... is just a very good hockey player. A superstar is what you want to be. If you're no. building a town, a team, you build around a superstar, not a star. But that's the point I'm making. I'm saying cool. that Barzal is a star the same way Marner is a star, but Marner has a weapon like Matthews to play a star? with. A star is just a good hockey player. That's a star is a top player on a team. If a superstar not, is someone that 
You don't think Barzal's a star is an elite top player on a team. A star is just a very good hockey player on a hockey team. Mitch Marner is a very good hockey player, but there's a reason that Toronto fans want him out. Matt Barzal is a very good hockey player. He's talented in all facets of the game, but he does not put the puck in the net enough. He does not get enough points. He does not kill penalties. He does not do enough things to be considered a superstar. He's a very good hockey player. But you keep throwing the word star. Stop saying star. Star means nothing. All a star is is somebody that wants to be a superstar but isn't good enough. So that's what Matt Barzal is. Matt Barzal, in order to be the player that the Islanders want him to be, he needs to become a superstar, and he will never be a superstar. But he which can't means become the a Islanders, superstar as an without... organization, are toast. They're toast. They do not have the offensive ability. They gave money to Palmieri. Palmieri's done. He's never going to score 20 goals again the way he plays hockey. He just sticks to the perimeter. Not in this. But, but unless also, they let him grow back his beard. But, but if you, <laughs> you watch the games, though, so many chest shots on wide-open chances when a year ago. But you look at his season last year with the Devils. Very bad Devils team. And Palmieri was bad, like his team. He comes to the Islanders, struggles in the postseason, he scores. He didn't just lose the ability to score. If he gets a pass in front, where is the hit the corner, go five-hole, seven-hole? Right at his chest, but back to the whole star. Okay, fine. If you want me to say that I'm using a star as an example of a player that's not a superstar but wants to be, I think if Barzal had not even a super, not even a superstar on his team to finish... Let's say let's say they called up Wallstrom. Wallstrom is finishing off these chances that Barzal creates at a much higher rate than anyone else on his team. And Barzal is racking up the points. And because he has a weapon on his wing, he might shoot the puck more because people think he's just going to pass it. Now he opens that lane. All the eyes are on Barzal when he crosses the blue line because he, again, he has the talent. But like we said yesterday, he doesn't shoot the puck enough. I think, like, Lee coming back, I think is a lot more important for the honors and people around the league think it's because even if Lee doesn't score, he takes some attention away. He goes to the front. He gives Barzal more space and time. What I'm saying is if he had a, someone who was just able to score, not even, a, not even a superstar, a goal scorer on his side that actually put the puck in all the time, I think Barzal will start to rack up the points and be closer to that superstar status because it wouldn't just be him having to do everything. He might have an ability to make a pass, but they're watching that guy now. Now he snipes. Now he's able to play a game that he could shoot and puck. You look at Panarin. He does everything on the rink because he has the weapons around him to do everything. He has someone he could pass to. He has someone like Strom who could pass the puck back to him and make plays. Barzal is essentially on his own. And like well, I said, he's Barzal, not a su- Barzal play with on a daily basis? When they're typically That's healthy. the problem. But th- that's the problem. They've had a revolving door of right wingers on okay, that top. So it's Lee. Panarin it's Lee. plays with Strom. And I, yes. I would say that for sake of comparison, right? Yeah. Panarin and Barzal would be the, that type of player that would create the offense. Stroman and Lee are the types that would finish it or get the points. Panarin made Colin Blackwell a 20 goal scorer. Yeah. That's the difference. Okay. But I'm saying Panarin's better than. I'm saying Panarin is a better I, I know, overall hockey player than Barzal. But the point that I was making after that, before we had the whole star thing, is that even with that, right? So even if the Islanders went out and got Barzal, somebody else that could finish on that line, and they were a dominant line, the Rangers then have. A Zabanajad and a Kreider. They have a Kako, a Lafreniere, an Edel. They and even Godier now is playing well. They have three lines that at any time can score goals. The Islanders the don't even have if that. They got that, and that's so. The problem is not necessarily on Barzal. The problem is not necessarily on Palmieri not scoring. The problem is that as a collective unit, even if you go out and make a trade, they've already hemorrhaged. Their, like we've seen it with this time. They don't have any depth in their minor leagues. They have no prospects really coming up. 
I, I personally don't know why they haven't played Salo at all on defense after watching Aho play yesterday. We talked about that too. Oh, yeah. But I mean... for forward wise, they they need to revamp everything. And it, it comes to the point where their system of defense, 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 right now their defense doesn't look all that hot and they can't score at all because they have no depth on forward. That's a big problem. But th- that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not on Barzal at all. Barzal's doing what he can with what he's given. You need the depth. Well, if he was a superstar, he'd do more. That was Fair. I was but I still don't know if the Islanders win games. I mean, they've been blown out in a bunch of games. I'm talking about how their defense has been terrible. You need. Hey, you want to say Barzal has to step it up and do more? He does. Sure. Sure, that's fine. Unfortunately for him, even but you look if at the he Raiders, plays though. well, what, what line falls is, on him. What line is, agree, fine. Blame Barzal. What line is Panarin on? The second, correct? Yeah. Does Elaine just do what Trotz does where there's no real one line? I mean, Panarin's line usually starts the game. Okay, fair. I'm, say- second, I'm yeah. saying is, though, is the top defense that goes against the Rangers have to worry about at least two lines. The top defense can't go out against Panarin every time. They have to, I mean, Kreider's been unreal. Like, there's other guys. For the Islanders right now, every time Barzal sits on the rink, the top defenseman is on him. On him, and it shuts him down. And if you want to say a superstar gets around him, fine. But the lack of support that Barzal gets, not from just from his line mates, from everyone else, if people on the second line started scoring at a higher rate, like we've seen in the past, where that second line gets hot, or guys in the third line start scoring, now the defense has to think, all right, you know what? Like last year, when Komarov was on the Islanders' top line, you think the opposing defense was setting their number one defensive pairing out against that line? No. That number one defensive pairing was going against the second line. Right now, Barzal is getting the attention of the top line every time he's out there, and he has no one that's making plays around him. There's nothing he could do. Even a superstar, they'd all be focusing. But again, I mean, comparing Barzal to McDavid is just stupid because there's just a light years away skill-wise, and no one compares to McDavid. I just think I just think Lamarillo, even making one trade is not going to do enough. Bringing in one scorer is not going to make this team a playoff team. He, the the depth players, I, and I think it's going to be an internal fix. I don't think there's anything that Lamarillo can do. Great, he brings in a score. That's not going to get the second, third, and fourth line to score goals. Great, he brings in one defenseman. That's not going to stop Char from making mistakes. Aho being in line on making mistakes. I think it has. The boys just have to wake up. That's what I would say. They have to wake up because there's guys in this team that know how to bury. I mean, it's just a fact. There's guys that have scored twenty plus goals, thirty plus goals, even. The fact that we're, we're 18 games into a season, the Islanders can't score goals. I mean, two goals, one goal, shut out twice. Like they're on a, uh, they've lost nine games in a row. I think they've they scored eight Rough. goals in nine games. That's not a bars all issue. That's a team issue, and there's Correct. no one that comes in that is going to fix it. So why why ruin the why trade away prospects? They don't already have enough of. You don't have enough depth anyway in your minor league system for one guy to come in here. I, I, to me, it makes more sense to see what you have in the youngsters, play the youngsters, have this season be a season where you internally see if you could fix it, and then see what happens in the draft and the offseason. Because I don't think it makes any sense to bring in one guy or one guy on offense or one guy in defense for the Islanders to... Because again, it's, the Islanders are making the playoffs if the rest of the team doesn't figure it out. So one guy or two guys isn't going to make the team figure it out. It might make them a little better. But those guys that don't score aren't going to just magically score because Philip Forsberg's in the building. Could it be a little contagious? Could confidence go up with a win? Sure. But I don't think one guy is going to make a difference for this Islanders team. And what I would write, I don't, again, I'm not giving up the Islanders season because they've been streaky where they go on streaks and anything's possible. Look at the St. Louis Blues a couple of years ago when they won the cup. 
I'm just saying that one guy isn't fixing their commitment issue. Let's wrap up this whole point right here, and we'll go to the Rangers. One guy is not going to make Ajo stop fumbling a pass or Josh Bailey missing a pass. He's not. And if Yonders want to win, every player on the rink needs to figure it out and 100% be committed and focused. There can't be any more oh shit moments. We saw a couple of oh shit moments yesterday. That can't happen when you don't score, especially in the defensive zone. The two goals that went in are, are avoidable. The, the one that came right off the power play to tie the game, avoidable. Three guys there, that can't go in. And the, the overtime play is inexcusable. It's just absolutely inexcusable. And that's the difference between a two points and one points. And where the Islanders are in the standings, the Islander fan base will take a point. First point at UBS Arena. But that's a game you got to come over with two points and move on. That can't be a one-point game, especially yep. not where they are right now. Completely agree. If you had a guess, without looking at anything, yeah. how many goals for do the Islanders have per game? Goals for per game, so they, I mean, I do look at stats. They were 1.88 adding into last night's game. So they scored one last night, so I'll say 1.7. 1.83. They're okay. literally tied with the Coyotes. For dead last. For and dead they're, but last. They're, are they in last place, though, with 33 goals for? Oh, by a lot. But they have 33 goals for, that's last. They have 33 goals for and 18. The Coyotes have 42 and 23. Yeah. That's that's unreal, but again, you can't tell me that they don't have the skill. They have the skill. No, any, just not... any NHL team has the skill to score more than the Islanders have right now. Like the Islanders should have much. Should more than but that is my point. I would like to end it here. That is my point, and what I'm trying to say on but Twitter that won't. people don't understand. But you just said you just, for a few. What you just said. They should have the skill. They should. No, 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 no. That's not what you. That you said they, they should, should have the skill. Well, any team should score more than 33 goals. But like, they have. We've seen the Coyotes it. should. We've seen the it. They have, have the skill. They have the skill. They have it. We've seen it less than six months ago. We saw it. But they didn't have the skill to score then either. They were just locked down defensively. They would score two to three a game. Their goals for per game went up from the regular season to the postseason. Because uh, they're, they're a team that's built for the postseason. We've seen that. Yes. But we even we talked about this But their offense on. has never been this bad. During the regular season, the lackluster last two regular seasons, when the offense wasn't good, we're at a whole new level right now. And it's not even the yeah, new but guys. They the also new... had stretches, like they, but, they, but where they, where's it? There's no stretches. Year, I think last year their 15 game streaks and all those have kind of evened out their offensive totals come the end of the year. Fair again, you could, yeah. Obviously, looking at it, those stats impacted. That's why you look at like stretches. Of course, of course, their offense was not consistent. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is that there's no reason Palmieri has one goal in 18 games. There's no reason Bavilia hasn't had more goals. Lee has four goals in 13 games. The, the skill just doesn't disappear. And you want to call the Islanders a bad hockey team? They are. They're a bad hockey team right now. But you know all those guys are ex- are expected and know that they have underperformed. That's what I'm saying. They have all underperformed. It's not that they don't have the... Bavilia is not coming on the mic in the postgame going, yeah, I don't have the ability to do that. Of course he has the ability to do that. He's done it. He's done it. They All these Bo- players have done it and proven it. They have three guys, right? They have Bovillier. They have Palmieri, and I would say Lee now coming back, who should be scoring. Well, but well, even in 11 minutes or less on ice time per game, what did Wallstrom show you yesterday? Nothing. I did Nothing. It, The only time I noticed him was that one that move one. that he made and then the yeah. little muffin shot he took. The muffin shot to the glove. You're telling me that Wallstrom lost the ability to score? No, Wallstrom showed this year that he could roof that shot given the chance. He's shown that. He, doesn't, he didn't lose a skill to do that. That's just but a lack of commitment to that Wallstrom's shot. Wallstrom's a finisher. Barzal's a passer. 
together. I've said that for two years now. But I got, I got not doing it when he first came up. You want to teach him how it's the importance of no. I understand why Trotz did it because Trotz preaches attention to detail and defense. He wanted Wallstrom to become a two way player. Not I think what he wanted was not to see Wallstrom become this. Not I'm not I'm saying Ovechkin like to the point where it's just offense, no defense. We saw what happened when Trotz came to Washington. He made Ovechkin a better defensive player, and they won a cup. I think what he was looking for Wallstrom to do is focus more on the defensive side because he has the offensive skill already. He knows what it takes to score goals. He's done it over the year and a half plus. He could do that. Focus on the defensive plays. That way you're a two-way player and you help the Islanders win. You don't just stack the point total. But Wallstrom could score. Wallstrom can score, but clearly he's struggling, which means... They all are. But why? That's what I understand is what Because happened? they're obviously not good. Like, that, they're not that's good the, this year. That's the thing. They're not, they're they're not terrible. good right now. So they're not good right now, but... They need I one just, five goal game and they could turn it around. I don't even know if that would work. I don't know what the problem is. The only thing I can look at is it's a lack of attention to detail in their game. Lack of commitment. Because if you're... Again, if Wallstrom commits to make it like that, you can't flutter a shot. Like, how does that happen? How do you flutter a shot like that? Wallstrom rarely flutters shots. They're always hard shots. I, I don't understand... I just don't understand how you could be this inept on offense. I don't care if you're scoring two goals per game. You're scoring at least two. You're finding ways to at least bury. The backdoor plays were just hurting my head last night because, quite frankly, I'm not even being overly serious. If I'm standing backdoor with my stick down, I'm scoring that. Uh, You would think. But what is... How? That's the thing is, how do you fix this? And why is this happening? Again, the reason I said commitment is because it's not a lack of skill because they've done it. They've all shown they could score, and they've all shown they can finish off plays like this. Pretty much, we've seen it. They can do that. But because you don't have your stick down on the ice, or you're fluttering a pass and can't get it deep, that's where this commitment issue comes in. Because that's the only thing I could possibly look at as to why. Because talent doesn't just disappear. They're a bad hockey team right now, but I'm going to have a heart attack if I keep talking about this. I just need to see them come out and give 100% effort in a game and win a game. I don't care if they win the game 2-1. to one. They score two freaking goals. It's not rocket science. Focus. Just focus. If a pass comes to you three feet away, don't flub it. You're an NHL player. You made it to the NHL because you could do more than make three-foot passes and catch three-foot passes. It's just mind-boggling because they've been so close the last couple years. And I get it. Like Montreal, they fell off a cliff. They lost a lot of players, and they weren't as good as the Islanders were. The Islanders would have steamrolled them in the cup final if, you know, unbiased opinion. I think they would have steamrolled them. They would have. I just can't wrap my head around why. Why are players just not playing? And I pointed it all out, and I've said as much as I can in the first 34 minutes of this rant. I just, I don't think they're committed. I think there's a lot of areas of their game where they're making those small mistakes, and those small mistakes turn into bigger issues for them. If they make those little baby, little baby plays to get up the rink, They'll provide more chances for themselves. Maybe they'll capitalize on a bad bounce or something like that. They're just not making plays. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, I get it. 
I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug, it's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. And it's inexcusable. It is, and you want to hear something crazy, right? You're talking about the difference between one and two goals. Well, you go across, you know, to the other side of the rivalry, and the Rangers are 14-0-3 when they score more than one goal in a game. So that is how important getting a second, you know, third goal is in the NHL. So the New York Rangers are a wagon as opposed to the which, – which is weird to me because if you asked me which team would be potentially struggling early on, I know the Islanders had a road trip. But I would have said that the Rangers would have been the one that came out disappointing, and the Islanders were the team that was fourteen, four, and three. But it's reversed right now, and it's it's a little weird to me. But this is the first time, at least in four years, that I am watching Rangers games and expecting them to win hockey, uh, hockey games, and it's it's wild to see. They have right now the way they're playing. The only weakness that they have is their backup goalie. That's it. I, I'll be honest. Watching the Rangers play the other night, who were they playing? Um, on, uh, who were the last game against? The last game was against Philly on Wednesday. Okay, you were at that game. Yep. So when I watched the Rangers play, this has been a couple of years now in the making as they've gotten better and better. I watched them. I'm like, you know what? They're a fun team to watch. I'm, I'm going to get roasted for that. But you watch them play. They're a very good team. They are a fun team to watch because they do what they have to do in the defensive zone. Shesterkin stands on his head and makes these unreal saves. And the offense just looks like they have a game plan when they break over the blue line. They have a game plan. They know where someone's going to be. And that's what makes it more frustrating because the Islanders could be like that. Again, because they have the talent. But the Rangers have put it together. And you have to credit Galan for getting the right pieces to mix. But they've bought in. They're committed to their game plan. They're committed to doing what they have to do. In the defensive zone, I like the Rangers are fun to watch because they get it. Yep. They know what they have to do. They know what they have to do to be successful. Right now, the Islanders know what they have to do to be successful. They just aren't doing it, and that's what separates a team like the Rangers, who is close. I mean, right now they're they're they got to be favorites to to win the division because they just keep winning, and it's not even close. Like I, I don't love think they are yet. They will be but, if they keep doing this. They're going to be because you can't score on them I just and you can't stop can. them. So they're obviously very well-rounded right now. I think it's And they're also to, hot. Let's be real. They, they, They'll eventually exactly. come down to earth. They also have a not played elite caliber, elite caliber teams consistently. Right? Yeah, they and that'll be Florida. a measuring stick. They beat, they beat Florida, sure. They've beaten Toronto once, lost once, both well, they beat games. No, no offense to that. They beat Florida when they were on that like three-game slide. No, the Rangers, the, Devils... first, the Rangers were the first team to give Florida a regulation loss. At home? Or in general? In general. No, but they played the Raiders and then the Devil. Like that's when they're the Devils blew them out. That was the well, same the week. The Rangers I'm started sure. it though. No, so. that's what I'm saying though. Yeah, I guess fair, fair enough. Okay, so continue. They were the first team to beat the Panthers in regulation. They yeah. 
split that's with a, the that's Maple a good Leafs. win that's the a good only win. reason they lost to the Oilers is because Georgiev started that game. Well, don't even include the games with Georgiev because Georgiev is. Tight. I'm saying so. You're you're talking about how they haven't played a ton of the elite teams, but even but in great those teams games, beat good teams. The only one that was lopsided was their two losses to the Flames, and the opening night loss to Washington. But outside of the first ten or so games, I mean, they've completely turned around the script. So when I look at it, goaltending wise, Shesterkin is. Probably right now, I would say, outside of Jack Campbell, the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. And I think that Jack Campbell's team is playing a little bit tighter defensively than the Rangers are. So it, you could say it's biased, but I give the edge towards Shesterkin right now. Um, when you look at defense, everyone besides the occasional mishap between Nemeth and Truba has the occasional his, mishap, but I think he's been phenomenal. He's been great. I mean, I, when, you, when you traded for him and signed him to that extension, right? That's what you wanted to see. You wanted to see him help grow this defense, but also yep. the offensive side of the game, which he's showing this year, which helps because the offense for the Rangers has been great. Correct. Uh, he's got nine points already on the season, so I, I can't complain with anything he's doing. And then offensively, every single offensive player that they've had so far after the first 10 games, has every, everyone's taken a step and been whatever, what they could have hoped for. Right? Ryan Reeves has been everything the Rangers could have hoped for when they signed him. Dryden Hunt has been above oh and God. beyond what they wanted from him. Kevin Rooney's been great, right? That fourth line has just been amazing. Godier's taken a huge leap and taken advantage of the Blay injury. It's just they've found the, their fitting in, in every line right now. And, the and you want to know what plays thing... a huge part, though, before you get to the only thing with the Rangers? A huge part is veteran leadership. Chris Kreider is leading thing, by yeah. example. He, and he, it's paying off. It's It's infectious. I know it's a tough way to use the infectious term with COVID and everything going around, but it is. It is. You have your guy that you pay a lot of money that was completely being talked about with trades. And we talked to NRD. Came out of show and was like, yeah, there's a chance he might get moved, and, you know, his contract, everything like that. He's pretty much telling everybody to F off and that he's still capable of producing. And he's on pace, what? He could be a top five goal scorer in this league this season. He's, on, he's doing unreal. But your one point you want to make is the one thing missing. Well, the one thing is we obviously outside of the goaltending issue because the goaltending, I don't think they have to go out and get anybody. I think that they have the internal pieces in Kincaid and Huska to come up and do a better job than Georgiev is doing if they decide to finally go that route. Um, but Yeah, why are they waiting for Kincaid? Like, why? What is the, oh, Georgiev waivers, to, right? Uh, the only thing that makes sense is because they don't want to lose him for nothing on waivers. But now that the Sabres... But you're not, trading, you're not trading him for anything, so what's the point? Uh, I don't know. I, I personally would have waived him a long time ago. Just we, for if you guess what, if you lose your gear for nothing, it doesn't matter because first off, the Sturkin can handle load. I think he can handle the load. I mean, again, he has to prove it. He hasn't been in the NHL for too long. But a guy like Vasilevsky, where the the backup doesn't have to be an integral part, like for the Islanders, before Sorokin has shown this year that Sorokin. I mean, we both watch Sorokin's a clear cut number one for this team. Varlamov. While, again, they needed two goalies and they've had two goalie system the last couple of years. If Varlamov left and they brought in a serviceable backup, it's not going to change the results. Islanders are still going to... They don't need Varlamov anymore. He was more of a help Sorokin get to this level. And here we are. We see Sorokin. Sorokin doesn't need a good goalie behind him. But he needs a, a goal that's capable of coming in and just giving up two goals, three goals, and actually playing, you know, solid. Georgi has been anything but solid. I mean, like, he's you been look, brutal. Brutal, but but what I'm saying is though, is they wave Georgia, bring up Kincaid. Even if Kincaid's not Shesterkin like, that's fine. You just need solid goaltending. They just need somebody that can play 
every like every so often. Like in, in this perfect situation right now, they play tonight against San Jose. Then yeah. they play a back to back with Chicago, which means Georgiev is going to be starting one of these two games. Then they have oh, a couple. Well, of you're, days you're off. saying that. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were on a back to back. I forgot. So you have yeah, to so start and go tonight. Or tomorrow. It depends on what they do. Yeah, then okay. you have you, you go to the next one, right? Then they play Chicago again. And then right after that, Wednesday, another back-to-back against Colorado. So you don't want to have Georgiev start two in a row, but you don't want to have Georgiev start against Colorado. He's going to get absolutely lit up. He's going to be like uh, Johan- Johansson. Uh, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> but, so, but anyway, the one thing that I think they're missing is I think they need one more right-wing finisher. If they can get that, I think that they're going to be a hard, hard team to beat because realistically that right wing finisher is going to be going on the line with Panera. So you mentioned the name Forsberg, right? I personally think their ideal target is going to be a Riley Smith. Uh, Riley Smith is somebody that worked with Gallant uh, when they went to Vegas. I mean, and yeah, he, he's nose he, Reeves, right? He was they, unreal. That Vegas connection has seemed to work so far between Gallant and Reeves. So why not try one more piece? And they have a cap issue because of Eichel. So they're going to have to move somebody. And, and uh, Riley say, Smith has been the one that's been spoken about as exactly. probably the one that... So say Riley Smith all of a sudden comes onto that line. You're adding somebody who already has, I, I think he's got 16 points this year, to a line that has Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strome. And you have now, that becomes, say, your 1A. Yeah. You already have the Zibanejad, Kreider, Kako line, which is working. That's your 1B. You have the kid line and then the fourth line. And all of a sudden you're looking at a team that is really, really deep. I would say if you had to, I don't know what they'll command for Smith, but if Jake DeBrusque was cheaper, I feel like he could rejuvenate himself too. But I I don't think he's worth the money right now. I was listening to a couple of people. I know that Larry Brooks said something like this, and I I do think that they'll look at DeBrusque as an option. I just don't think he's worth the like. He's too expensive for what he does. Exactly, and he his game pretty much emulates what Dryden Hunt's been doing. And although I don't think Dryden Hunt will continue i mean hopefully i'm wrong but i don't think he can maintain that level of play why would you go get somebody who's three million dollars more a year i mean debrusque is 7.35 two years 7.35 so that's he's making over three and a half yeah that's too much for what he does making 750k what's riley smith making let's look probably similar probably a five five million dollar range let's see riley smith is on a five-year 25 that was florida i mean that's just dumb. Why is that the first thing to pop up? Let's see. Riley Smith right now. Oh, he is still on that contract. He's making $5 million a year. Yeah. So, I mean, the Rangers have $9 million in cap space right now. Uh, yeah. To me, that makes that makes sense. Tomas Hurdle. I would love to get Tomas Hurdle. Free agent after the year, though. And you know he's going to command some money. They also want to keep Strom. So there's, and there's he did ask for a trade. He quote unquote, I'm pretty sure earlier in the summer he asked for a trade, but rescinded it and said that he wants to stay. I mean, the Santa. I mean, listen, who didn't who didn't want to leave San Jose after the last couple of years? But I mean, San Jose has been a, a nice surprise. And going back one more point to the goaltending thing before we move on, is that you don't need someone to come up and steal games. You just need to have someone come up that could win help help win games. You already have the guy that steals the games. Just Erkin's there. You need a goalie to come in and be a reason you win, but not be the reason you win. And, I mean, speaking of winning, right, 14-4-3 is what the Rangers stand at right now. When you look yeah. at the standings, the number one team in the Metro is the Washington Capitals. They have three more points than the Rangers at 34, and they have 24 games played. The Rangers have only played 21 due to the postponements with Ottawa and the Islanders. So they have 
a three-game cushion on the number one team and are only three points back. They're point percentage-wise ahead of the Hurricanes tied in points, but they have a game in hand on Carolina as well. They have two games in hand on the Penguins, who are fourth in that division. The same amount of games played as Columbus, Jersey, Philly. The only team with fewer is the Islanders. So they're sitting in a position right now where they play the Sharks and two against the Blackhawks. If they can win those three games, which is still an if, the Blackhawks are playing better, you know, you play the same team two times in a row, it's tough to beat them twice. If you win those three games and get six more points right now, you are distancing yourselves from these teams without them even losing because you still have the games in hand. And I think that this is a situation where points early on, we talk about how much they mean. For the Rangers, you don't, you don't know when this hot stretch will go and how cold they can get after. You need to make sure you're getting every point possible. The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at BackCheckPod. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Ready. 